Good morning. Official, it's an official welcome. Thank you for coming along. It's great to see the church slowly filling up and people coming back to to uh, normal life, except for the teachers, of course. They've still got another week. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, we're still in holiday teaching mode, so we're still continuing our series on some characteristics of God that we see in the Psalms. And today's is God is a God of compassion. I think you got that from those three verses. They're the three verses we're going to look at together this morning. Compassion is an attribute of God. It's a characteristic. But it's, I think it's something that's really not understood or really appreciated as it ought to be. You know, God, if you say, what is God like? What's his main attribute? The first one that comes to mind is... Love, always, number one. Number two would be grace. He's powerful, almighty, his holiness. When I was a kid, I used to love watching, you know, you know, the, that show, you know, with the, you know, we polled the studio audience and we, the top hundred responses, you know, and it used to, some questions they would have just the top three or four, and then some of the, when it got a bit harder, they went right down to number eight. And then number eight was usually just a couple of people responded with that. Let me tell you, I don't think that if I polled this church, Maybe, maybe now if I did, but if I had a poll that 20 minutes ago, I don't think even compassion would have rated number eight. And yet, when you look at the scriptures, he is the God of compassion. He really is. We're going to look at that this morning. I don't want to let you down and think I didn't look, to look up the dictionary. <laughs> Compassionate. What does it mean? This, this is really good, you know. I'm going to mention this man again, Jack Pratt, faithful man of God, with the Lord now. He told me, you want to be a good preacher, Rav? Look up the words in the dictionary. He was the man that told me that and showed me how important it was. What, what do you think compassion means? What does it mean? What does it mean? Feeling sorry for someone? Having empathy with somebody, being sympathetic with someone. Here's what it means. A feeling of deep sympathy or distress and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune. And you know, if we had have asked you, you may have come up with that part of it. But that's not what compassion is. Because the key to compassion is the next bit. Because you can, you can be sympathetic. You can be distressed. I mean, just think of the last few weeks watching those images on TV with the fires, the, 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 the burnt animals, the, the devastation, the heartache that you have whenever, whenever you, 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 you listen to the stories of the people who just managed to survive. The blaze. But that's not compassion, brothers and sisters. That's not compassion. Because compassion is accompanied. All those feelings is accompanied by a desire 
uh, a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. That's what compassion is. Hmm. And the Bible uses this word, and its origin is uh, for us is in Latin. And what it means in Latin is to suffer with. Okay? Don't want to get too technical, but I thought this was really good. It comes from two little words, com, which means with, and pani, which means to suffer. To suffer with. That's what compassion means. To suffer with. I know I'm stressing that because Jack Pratt told me that sometimes you you think you know what the word means, but you don't really. Or perhaps you're not using it in the context of of the sentence. Because a lot of our English words have many meanings. Compassion means to suffer with. God is the God of compassion. You know, what does that mean? It means that he sees, he sees our circumstances. And he is in deep distress and sorrow. Now, there's many times in the scriptures where we read of God doing that. Right from the very outset, you know, you know, when God looked down at the nation of Israel in bondage, we read there, he was distressed. He felt sorry for them. They were slaves. They were no longer favoured by Pharaoh. 400 years had gone by. And he was distressed at their plight. He felt sorry for them. But it wasn't a, oh, that's a shame, you know. If only they had have, uh, been nicer to this new Pharaoh. No, it wasn't like that. And it wasn't there, there. It, it could be worse. It could, could have been worse. That's not how God was feeling. Entwined with God's compassion is his love, his grace, his mercy, wanting to bless. And when God looks at our circumstances, brothers and sisters, his compassion motivates him to do something about it, to actually do something about it. Now, I've, I've got to be honest with you. When I was watching, uh, you still see it, not as much, but when I was watching all those scenes uh, on the bushfires, you, I couldn't help but, you know, feel sorry for the people. And, and, and you could almost, you know, feel... The, the, the hopelessness that they had. They'd lost everything. And when you watched, when you saw the images of those burnt animals, it just broke your heart. Did it motivate me to go down and help them out? No. Did it motivate me to, to in some way alleviate the, the suffering? No. I felt sorry for them. I really had empathy with them. But I didn't, don't think I really had compassion. I gave some money, but you know. But that's not what God did. God is never limited. He never says, I'm sorry about that, but, I, but what can I do? Because that's how I felt. When I was watching those images, I thought, what can I do? What could I possibly do? The God never is like that. He never says, what can I do? 
God is a God of compassion. He is motivated to alleviate your suffering, my suffering, mankind's suffering. And those three verses uh, that we read together will highlight just three, just three aspects of God's compassion, just so that we, we understand not just what compassion is, but what God's compassion is really like. In, in the, uh, the first reading that we had, Psalm 51, verse 1, it says there, uh, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing, here, here's that word again, his love, absolutely, 100%, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. Great compassion. What makes it great? What makes God's compassion great? Is it because God is great? Well, he is great. Everything about God is great. His love is great. His mercy is great. His grace is great. His his power is great. Is his compassion great because God is great? Uh, well, you, 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 could, you, could, you could give a reasonable defence that that's the case, but that's not the reason. The context of this verse, as you may know, is David's sin. King David, what he'd done, he, he fell into lust, adultery and murder. Man, that, that's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? And you know the story that his abuse of power and trust not only caused Uriah's death, but it deeply affected Bathsheba and Joab, his good friend, made them do things that they would not normally have done. So it was, it was horrendous, the things that David had done. That period in his life was absolutely um, extreme. The sin was great. Not that it was wonderful, but it was extreme and horrible and despicable. And God's compassion, when God looked down at David at that time, even though he sent Nathan the prophet to make sure that David recognised what he had done because he thought he'd got away with it, it was compassion. You see, God was in deep distress about David at how David was suffering for what he had done because David, David was what? A man after God's own heart. And God had great compassion, felt deep distress and he just didn't want to zap David because he'd done the wrong thing. He wasn't going to let David get away with the sin but he wanted to alleviate the suffering of David because when David recognised what he had done, he was repentant. He was, when you read the rest of that psalm, he, he was hurting and he wanted God to what? Blot out the sin. That's what he asked for. According to your great compassion, the thing that motivates you, God, to, to, to intervene, to do something about my suffering, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. And God granted that request. He blotted out David's sin. What does blot out mean? I didn't look that up in the dictionary, but I did look it up in a little phrase book I've got. It says, 
to destroy. This is really lovely. This is why, this is why every day, every time I think about Jack Pratt, I really praise God for it. Because blot out means destroy all traces of. It means to black out. Another, we, we know it as redaction. To redact a document. You know, what, what does that look like? It's not happening. There we go. There it is. That is a, a document from the USA court that's released from the freedom, with freedom of information. That's it. You can't read that. And you've seen bits of paper, haven't you? You've probably been given them. Where you try and you hold it up. You know, I made a few mistakes on my, my thing. So I can hold up. See, this is whited out. I can hold it up and I can see underneath the mistake. That's whited out. That's different from blotted out. That's what God does. That's what he asked for. That's why it's great compassion. God was motivated so so much because of David's plight and suffering that he was willing to blot out, wipe out completely the transgression. And David knew that God could do that. And David also knew that only God could do that. The next psalm, compassion as a father. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And just for context, verse 14 says, For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As a father is the key to God's compassion in this verse. Now what does that mean? Well, mums, when you're in trouble, mums, when when you're sad, mums, when when you're hurting, mums will cry with you. Yeah, they'll cry with you. They'll give you a hug. They'll, they'll snuggle up with you next to you and, and, and pull a blanket over you and, 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 and comfort you. And if you're a female, mum will help you eat those four litres of chocolate chip ice cream with you. <laughs> but dads won't do that. That's not what we do, is it, Chris? We don't do that. We fix things. That's what dads do. We buy it, we fix it, we fight for it. Whatever. That's what we do. We're different from mums. That's why it says, as a father has compassion. So when God sees our plight, when God looks at us and says, look at that. Look at the mess Raph's got himself into. God is motivated. His compassion for, for us He's motivated to do something for, for, uh, to alleviate the suffering. God, God is a father. And there's a reason he's, not, he's described as that. And so he, he does things the way a father would for his children. And there's two reasons, there's, a, there's two reasons why there's that urge to alleviate the suffering. One, as a father or a parent, you know we'll always do something to help our kids. Even, even if they have, it's their fault that they're in the mess that they're in. Even if they've ignored the advice year after year after year, we will still help them. And the second reason is, that that's why I read verse 14, 
And, and dads know this, you see, because we, we've been young people before, young, young adults, is that a father knows what we're capable of and he knows the experiences that we're going through. Because more than likely we've gone through it ourselves. And that's what God says there. He remembers that we're dust. He knows our limits. And Hebrews 2 verse 18, it says in there that, that Jesus Christ suffered, suffered, I'm still pressing the same one, suffered just like us. When he was tempted, he knows what it feels like to live here. He knows what it feels like to be under pressure at work. He knows what it feels like to have people not like him. He knows what it feels like to be abandoned. He knows what it feels like to have the weight of the world, so to speak, on his shoulders. He knows. And that's why, as a father, God can, can alleviate And that's why he's compassionate. And then it says, for those who fear him. You know, I have compassion towards others apart from my family members. I really do. And so do you. But you have to be honest, right? You have to be honest that the compassion for others is not quite the same, is it, as compassion towards your own family. The the same degree of intensity is not there. But that's not with God. That's not like that with God. His willingness to alleviate our suffering, his desire to pour out compassion upon us, is because we're children. Because we're children. So it's the same intensity that you would have for a family member, for a sibling, a husband or wife. And then the last psalm, Psalm 116. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The key there is full of. And that's what it means. That means containing or holding as much as possible. And, yeah, that's fine, but I like the second part of that meaning where it says, not lacking. And that's what we learn about God's compassion in this verse. It it never lacks. It's never lacking. It's limitless. It's complete. That whatever your circumstances are, whatever thing you think, well, this is too hard, God does not know. He does. And he's able and willing and willing to alleviate the suffering. You know, often my compassion or yours is limited by our ability to alleviate it. You know, like I said earlier, when I watched those those scenes in the bushfire, I really felt helpless. I thought, what could I possibly do here? What could I possibly do? But God would never feel that way. He would look at the plight and he would be motivated to do something about it, and he does. So, as we think about the compassion of God, I want you to think about this this important aspect. 
that we are called, maybe even commanded, to be imitators of God. Imitators of God. A couple of weeks ago when I spoke about um, the faithfulness of God, I came across this little verse in my reading. I've, I've read it heaps of times. But in context with what I was looking at and, and, and reading, it, it, it told us that this is God's desire, that we be imitators of him. And you know, the Lord said the same thing when he was here. He set us an example. And Paul in Corinthians, uh, in, in Corinthians says, be imitators of Christ. No, sorry, he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So it's something that's on God's heart for us to do, to be imitators of him. So how do we do this with compassion? How do we do it? Here's the first one. In Psalm 86, verses 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You know, that talks about God being long-suffering, patient, enduring. You know, it talks about God not willing that any should perish, giving people many opportunities. That is one way that we can imitate God. That, that we, we are long-suffering, that we're patient. You know, we do not live in a patient society. We don't. Everything gets us angry and aggro and agitated and irritated. Mark chapter 6. Verse 34, it says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord was motivated to become the shepherd of the sheep, wasn't he? I am the good shepherd, he said. What, do we, what can we do about that? Are we, when, we, when we see the crowd, when we look out there in our neighbourhood, maybe in your street or in your workplace or a school, are you motivated When you look out there, do you have compassion for those people? What are we willing to do? How are we going to imitate our God and Saviour in that circumstances? And then the last, the last um, little uh, verse I'd like to leave with you is Ephesians 4 verse 32. It says there, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, in Christ, God forgave you. An act of compassion is forgiving, is forgiving. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That was our Lord said that on the cross. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't live in, in this world without somebody doing something bad to you, hurting you, 
defrauding you, scamming you, saying nasty things, putting bad posts up on Facebook or wherever. If, if, if you don't suffer some of those things, you must be a hermit. But we're called here, be kind and compassionate and forgive one another. So they're just some things for us to think about when it talks about the compa- God being a God of compassion. How, not only how we benefit from that, but how we, as the people of God, can be a benefit to others by having compassion. Now, you've heard a story just, just a moment ago, or a little example of compassion is... is, is uh, Brian's story with this uh, chap that he's this 14 year old boy that he's with you know that's what it is that's what it looks like on the ground yeah feeling for the for the, the plight of the, that little boy that young boy recognizing that it's that it's not going to do him any good to keep that down going that road what do we do about it Brian says I'm going to try and do something whatever it might be that's compassion. It doesn't have to be anything grand. It just has to be a motivation to alleviate the, the, the suffering or change the circumstances. And we can all do that to some degree. And then we will be imitators of God because God is a God of compassion.